Hello everyone, this is Dustin from the Holy Ghost and Coffee Podcast. Hopefully you got your coffee brewed and poured, because I know I do. So just get ready, relax, and just listen to what God has in store for us today. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Holy Ghost and Coffee Podcast. Um, This one's coming a little, about a week later than... I wanted it to, but just want to go ahead and get right into it. Um, today we're going to be starting in James. I think James is a great book. It has a lot of a lot of wisdom and knowledge that you can carry with you, um, and just really apply. We're going to be starting in James chapter one, and we're going to be reading verses one through fifteen. So if you have your Bibles, follow along. If not, just listen. So. Um, James chapter 1 verse 1 James a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes and the dispersion greetings consider it a great joy my brothers whenever you experience various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing now if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord an indecisive man an indecisive man is unstable in all his ways the brother of humble, circum- humble circumstances should boast in his exaltation but the one who is rich should boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and dries up the grass. Its flower falls off and its beautiful appearance is destroyed. In the same way, in that same way, the rich man will wither while pursuing his activities. Blessed is the man who endures trials, because he passes the test. Because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that he has been prom- that he has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am tempted by God, for God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So we can see here they're talking about trials and sin are two of the big things when we face trials a lot of times in our life it's going to be trials from our sin Um, so sin is a huge part of our everyday life whether we want it to be or not so sin is everywhere we go that's the world we live in today and I feel like it's growing so we read in verse 1 James a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ so he was Jesus was his master and he was a slave to God to me that that's powerful words being used right there we don't see slave in today's society slave is a very um, a very negative term very um, a lot of hate built around the word slave for rightful reasons but what we're reading here is this isn't a 
a negative term of slave. What it is, is he is a slave to God. The Lord is his master, and he is a slave. And I think we, we have to, we have to, um, <coughs> excuse me, I've been battling a cold or something here, and it was not COVID. I got tested, so, but still having issues with that. So just forgive me. But we see here that he's a slave. We This is not a negative term right here. This is him saying, I surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my master and I would do for him as he sees fit. So this is a very a very positive term here. So in verse 2, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. It doesn't say if you experience a trial or maybe you'll experience trials. No. It says when you experience various trials so whenever you experience trials know that's the testing of your faith that's gonna see that that is God testing us that is him seeing how we act who do we turn to what comes out does the negative come out in us do we get mad do we get angry how do we react are we really what we say we are are we practicing what we preach So whenever we experience these trials, we have to know that this is the testing of our faith. It's gonna, we're going to grow. We're going to become stronger Christians through trials. If we become Christians and everything's just easy walk in the park, we're never going to grow. We're never going to know where we really stand. It's like I'm, I'm a big sports guy. Um, I have a military background. So you can have a plan, and everything is fine, and everything's good. But how well do you know as a unit, as a team, how well do you do you really know you are until you face the trials? And, and that's exactly how our faith is. Until we face these trials, we don't we really don't know how we are. Where are we at in our faith? A family a family unit can have strong faith, but when the marriage gets rocky, how do you handle it? Do you, do you go away from godly ways? Um, I think, you know, how, how do you handle it? Do we try to fix it ourselves? Do we seek help? What do we do? As children get older and maybe they're not going the way they were raised, how do we face this trial? Sickness, death, just any type of anything happening negative in our life. How do we, how do we handle it? And this, we have to turn to God. Uh, we have to turn to him. He has to be our go-to, not our last resort. I think a lot of times, you know, and I'm guilty of it myself, is I want to try to figure out, okay, how do I do this? How do I fix this? Well, let me go ask my wife. Let me go ask my brother. Let me go ask my friends. How do I fix this? But I haven't stopped and prayed about it yet. I haven't, I haven't put this at the foot of God and said, God, help me. I want to try to do it my, my way. And um, honestly, that gets me in a lot of trouble. So I don't I do not recommend doing it that. We need to give it to God and and use our faith and our relationship and our walk with him to face these trials. So in verse two, the Lord is telling us that we will face various trials. Not if, but when. So we know it's coming. 
So the testing of our faith grows us stronger as Christians. And we clearly read here that we're going to face these trials. So just know. The the old saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. But the sun always rises in the morning. What we have here is, even in the darkest of times, as we're having issues, whatever it is, we have someone to turn to. We have that... We have that sun that's going to rise in the morning. Now, when the sun comes up and it's a new day, do our problems go away? No. They don't all... That doesn't work that way. But we can turn to God. And He He gives us that new day. He gives us that new beginning. He gives us that fresh... That breath of fresh air. So we have to turn to Him when we face these trials to grow as Christians. We can't follow our own... Our own path. So if you skip down to verses 5 through 8... I'm not going to break down each individual verse. But throughout the whole thing so we're going to go to 5 through 8 now if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives it to all generously and without criticizing it will be given to him but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubters like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord an indecisive man is unstable in all his ways so if we lack wisdom we need to go to God to get this wisdom that is who the wisdom comes from now this isn't referring to Lord I'm, I really don't know how to do quantum physics I'm going to pray and then I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm, I'm going to understand that is not what this is this is spiritual wisdom and knowledge seeking to know the wisdom of God to having that relationship with the Lord we have to have wisdom and knowledge to be able to have that relationship but it comes from him we can't have it you don't just know the Bible you don't just all of a sudden have this relationship it comes from him and we have to seek it we have to constantly continue to grow and seek that wisdom um, it isn't something we give ourselves, and we have to receive it from God it's just that's just how it is it's not something we can we can do to ourselves, and as we see in verse six, it says we must ask with ask with faith and no doubting. I'm guilty of this myself. I feel like I speak for a lot of people when we pray. It's not a lot of times. It's not confidently we're praying. We're hoping, um, and like I said, I'm. I'm a sports guy, so to me, when I think of this without doubting, I think of like a Hail Mary in football. There's a chance this is going to happen is the quarterback throws it as far as he can and hopes someone catches it in the end zone for a touchdown at the end of a game or whatever. There's a chance, but it's highly unlikely. But you know what? Hey, we're going to give this a shot. That's how I feel like a lot. I personally, and I feel like a lot of people treat their prayer life. It's, well, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about it and, you know, I'll, I'll try. That's not praying confidently. We have to pray confidently with, with faith 
that he he hears our prayer. We know he hears our prayers. But we have to have that confidence in him that we can get this knowledge, this wisdom and understanding and that it will be bestowed upon us and that we can continue to just grow in our relationship with the Lord. So prayer should be treated as a sure thing, not an oh well, we'll see what happens. Have to have confidence in that. Um, and I think a lot of us as Christians today are guilty of that. So um, like I said in verse 5 and 6, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing it will be given to him but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind no let that sink in the doubter is like the surging sea tossed by the wind that that doesn't sound fun um, I've been out on kayaks canoes fishing boats cruise ship and that wind tossing the ships the boat is it is a powerful force that can overtake you in the blink of an eye and when we read that for the doubters like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind that is some that is something jerking us back and forth in ways we can't control so if we are doubt indecisive in our in our ways in our walk with Christ, we are that little ship out in the ocean just getting tossed back and forth, and that's not something I want to be. That that's not where I want to be in my walk with Christ. Is it the person should not expect? I mean, you shouldn't expect to receive anything with, with that. Why would we receive anything? We. When we can't even make a decision for Christ, but yet we're we're expecting to receive His blessing. That's that's we we can't expect to receive blessings from Christ when we can't give Him what He's asking, or even part of what He's asking. We have to be strong and very decisive in our decisions in our walk with Christ. We we have to make that decision every day. So, and that kind of reminds me of a verse uh, Revelation three fifteen through 16 so I don't have it bookmarked so I'm going to flip over to it real quick like Revelation three fifteen and 16 and I have it right here it says I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot I wish that you were cold or hot, because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you are lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because God knows where we're at. He knows our hearts. He knows it better than we do. But what he's saying is we're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. It means... Sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out with God. Where are you? Where do you stand? He's viewing this as he doesn't know where you stand with him. Like what do you, what do you hear the saying, a fair weather Christian? He doesn't want that. He wants you all in. He wants you all in. But what this is saying is all in or all out. Don't be on the fence. I'm telling you now, it doesn't say this here in that verse. 
But if you're on the fence, you're not in. It says, I don't know the verse off the top of my head, but it says, you're either, well, it's either for him or against him. There is no, well, I'm kind of for you. Not really. You're either for Christ or against Christ. You're for Christ or you're with the world. What is it? There is no walk, there is no straddling the fence. That That's lukewarm, and it clearly says in Revelation 3, 15 through 16, you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So be all in for Christ. Don't don't walk that line. It, and it's your choice. Where are you going to be? Are you going to be all in or all out? And I think that is an important decision we, we have to make every day. Uh, each decision we wake up every day, where are we going to be? Are we going to live today for Christ? Are we going to live today for the world? And that is a very important question you have to, or a question you have to ask yourself and a decision you have to make every day. And, uh, and I hope you're making the decision to be all in for Christ. That's, that's where we should be. And it's not always easy. But you're not alone in this struggle. And, and I think that's something that people need to realize is they're not alone. So wake up every day and be decisive. Don't be indecisive. So we go to verse 12. And once again, in verse 12 we see, Blessed is a man who, en- who endures trials, because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that, that he has promised to those who love him. And what it says that he has promised, we're talking about Christ, that he has promised to those who love him. So once again, we see we're going to face trials. Just as we saw in verses 2 and f- through 4, we see that blessed is the man who endures the trials. So it's clear that we as Christians are going to face trials. So let's go ahead and just wrap your brain around that one. It, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> but we have the le- heavenly reward waiting for us as we face these trials. Heaven is waiting. All we have to do is give our life to Christ. Believe in Him, accept Him, and live for Him. That's what we have to do. So trials and tribulations on earth are temporary, but heaven is eternal. I know a lot of people say, you know, you have one life to live. How are you going to live it? But we are put here on earth to witness to people. To try to bring as many people to heaven as we can. And we're put on earth to do God's work. And then when we when we are finished on this earth, it's heaven or hell. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to hear about hell. Why would God send people to hell? Um, it's like I actually spoke with my brother about this earlier in the week. Um, as I said, he's a preacher. And I think he mentioned this in his message. You can't have heaven without hell. You can't have good without the bad. And and like he said, you know, he's had people ask him, well, why does God send people to hell? I haven't found, other than Satan, anywhere in the Bible God has sent anyone to hell. And I, I could be wrong. There's no one walking on earth. God is sending to hell. You have the decision 
to give your life to Him and go to heaven. But people aren't making that decision. They're not making that choice. Or they're making the wrong choice. And they're sending themselves to hell. So you may not see a reward on earth for a lot of these trials and tribulations. It may seem like there's no end. But to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, we're reaping all the benefits. And there's a song, I can't I can't think of the name of the song off the top of my head. It may be, Don't That Sound Like Heaven. I don't, I don't know if that's the name of it, but Don't That Sound Like Heaven, Don't That Sound Like Home. If you listen to the lyrics to that, that's what we will get to see. Those are our benefits we are going to reap. So, as these trials and tribulations come, we have a way out. But you have to make that decision. So, those are verse 12. As we get to verses 3 through 15, or excuse me, 13 through 15. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. For God's for God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. God isn't tempting us. Yeah, we said that. It says he himself doesn't tempt anyone. God isn't tempting us. Well, let me go test Dustin today and see how he does. That's, that's not what's happening. We are tempted by our own evil desires. Whatever our evil desires may be. Um, some people may be alcoholics. Some people may be drug addicts. Some people may be sex addicts. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's... You can't control the words that come out of your mouth. The thoughts that go through your head. The way you treat others. Whatever it is. Whatever your evil desire whatever that may be we have created these in our own mind and body and that's what and satan knows these and we're tempting our satanist knows where we struggle he knows our weaknesses and he uses our own evil desires our own sinful ways to tempt to tempt us it's not god tempting us it's not god why are you doing this to me that's you're going through a trial and tribulation you're going through a trial and it's a testing of your faith to come out stronger than you were going into it. And we have to remember that. And we in, we as humans are natural born sinners. It's in us to sin. We were born to sin. So we see God created Adam and Eve. No sin. No sin until one apple. Was tempted by Satan and ate the apple. And ever since then, we have been born into a life of sin. No one on this earth knows no sin. There's been only one man. His name was Jesus Christ, and he died for you and for me. And that's who we're talking about today, and that's what we're trying to get back to, is to spend eternity with him. So when we're tempted, it's Satan tempting us with the worldly things we desire or we crave or the habits that we've created in ourselves, And we must rely on God to get us through the temptations, not blame Him. We can't blame Him for, well, you know, God, I was, I was doing good until you, you put that 
bar up here as I was on my way home and I rode by. No. Or I was doing good until I went and bought that meth from someone. No. That's not God. We cannot blame him for our own evil desires, our own evil cravings, our sinful ways. He is the one that is going to draw us and pull us from that. And we have to fully rely on him and trust him to get out of that. That's just, that's what we have to do. And it, and it, and it says, if we lack knowledge and wisdom, go to him. And that's what it takes. And in verse 15 it says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. We're all sinners. We've already sinned. We're going to die. That's, I hate to, um, to, um, give away the secret or be the bearer of bad news, but we're all sinners and we're all going to die. It says, The wages of sin are death, and we all have sinned and fall and fall short of the glory of God. So in verse 15, we, we have to stop, we have to stop our sinful ways before. We, they overtake us. If we don't get them under control, they will overtake you and they will drown you. And God can always save us, but we, it's possible, you know, we may face irreversible damage in our social, physical life. Uh, God can fix anything. He can help anyone. That doesn't say we're not going to struggle with our past from our sinful ways. You know, maybe, maybe if you were an alcoholic and you've you've lost your family, maybe your home, your job, whatever it is, that's not always going to be able to be fixed and replaced. That damage is still going to be there. But we have to move forward and not go back to that. We can't make the same mistakes and that's what it is there's physical on earth there's going to be damage that may not be able to be repaired that you may carry with you until your grave but there's a way to not repeat it and possibly make things right to to be able to go find a steady job to to get a home to get your family back or maybe not make the same mistakes with if you meet someone else to not make those same mistakes to maybe repair things with your kids whatever it is but we have to go to God. We can't fix that on our own. But don't think when you go to God, all that's just wiped away. And now, well, now I'm saved. My family's going to, God's going to bring my wife back. It's going to bring my kids back. I wish I could say that's exactly how it works. I, I, I would love to be able to tell you that. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But I'm not going to tell you it is going to happen. So... We can't let our sin overtake us to the point of where we're facing possible irreversible damage or scars that we're going to carry with us. So let's get that under control now. I think that's something we need to we need to focus on. And uh, physically, spiritually, socially, our sins can it can overtake us. So we have to control it. Like I said earlier, for the wages of sin are death. You're already going to face death. Where do you want to spend eternity after death? That is what we need to get in control. And that's why you can't control. But to spend eternity with he in heaven with the Father, you have to accept Christ as your Savior. 
and you have to live for him daily. Um, I was in, reading a Bible study uh, by Nikki Gumbel. That's how you pronounce his name. Um, it was a 300, read the Bible in 365-day plan. It's on the Bible app. Highly recommend it. And it read, You will either master sin through the power of the cross and resurrection and with the help of the Holy Ghost, or else sin will master you. I'm going to read that again. And listen well if you missed it. You will either master sin through the power of the cross, resurrection, and with the help of the Holy Ghost, or else sin will master you. If we read back in the beginning of James chapter 1, verse 1, James was a slave to God. Are we, are we going to be a slave to God or a slave to our sin? As it says, slave, sin will master you. If it is your master, you are the slave. So you're either going to be a slave to sin or a slave to God. And a lot of people are thinking, well, no, uh, nothing controls me. Controls me. I, do, I do what I want. But yeah, as you go home and cheat on your spouse, your sin is controlling you. Are you drinking too much? Are you getting drunk every day? Sin is mastering you. Are you choosing to be hateful and mean and downgrading to someone? Your sin is mastering you. If that's you, you can't give. You can't serve the sin and serve God. It's it's one or the other. And if you do not get the sin under control, it will master you. So as I read it again, you either master sin through the power of the cross, the resurrection, and with the help of the Holy Ghost, or else sin will master you. So one, so a question I have for you: So will you choose the Lord Jesus Christ or sin? What is your choice today? And I'm telling you, if you choose Jesus, your life will be tenfold better, more. You, you will have an inner peace that you will never know existed. No matter what I go through in my life, and I can always tell if I'm ever off track with my walk with God, my relationship with God, I can always tell as, th- as I'm going through things, I can stop and think, man, I hadn't been praying like I should. I hadn't went to church like I should. And I start to realize there's a pattern every time. It's like my brother told me he's had to preach the other day. I say he had to preach the son of Beth. He was blessed to preach the other day. And um, he said every week when he has to preach, he said, he said, I've got to where I call it hell week. Because he said Satan tempts me and my family so much. He said he said me and my wife get into arguments. He said the kids he said they just get on my last nerve. But God but Satan knows he's about to do something big. He's about to go stand and spread the word of God to people that need to hear or people that's never heard. And is he does that, Satan is losing one more person. So Satan's going to do whatever he can to prevent that, to make him not want to do it. And 
as I go through troubles and trials in my life, I, I look and I can always go back and realize I've not been doing what I should. I haven't been living like I should. I haven't been putting God first. And I've noticed any time I'm not putting God first, things around me start start to crumble. I won't say crumble, but th- struggle. My marriage um, hits rocky spots. You know, maybe it's little arguments. Maybe it's little things that just set you off. Um, at work, my schoolwork. doing this podcast just every little thing can set you back so we have to stay close with God and rely on him and not try to do it our way so that's that's pretty much the notes I had you know what I got out of this what spoke to me and what I wanted to share like I said that was verses 1 through 15 Uh, next episode we'll do we'll pick up and do uh, 16 through 27 I think it is James 1, 16 through 27, and that'll finish James chapter 1. So the key takeaways from today to, if you write it down, whatever it is, to keep moving forward, is just know trials will come, but we must rely on the Lord to get us through them. That's what it takes. We can't do it on our own. Um, Number two, we must be hot for God. Lukewarm gets us spit out, and cold is never knowing Him, and we have to stay on fire for God. Cold is, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be lukewarm. You want to be all in for God. Uh, Number three, pray confidently for spiritual wisdom. Seek that wisdom and knowledge. And that's that's one thing I always always try to pray about daily is, in in my words, is God give me strength, wisdom, knowledge, and the courage. And, and, And I try to use those every time because that's what we need. Strength, wisdom, knowledge, and courage in Christ. We've got to have it. And then the last takeaway is master your sin before it masters you. Um, and when I when I do these takeaways, they're not in any priority order. This is just how I do it. But master your sin before it masters you. Don't let your sin control you. You must master your sin before it's too late. Before you know you're you're facing things that you never wanted to be in. And don't say, well, it'll never happen to me because um, in my line of work. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I just never thought I'd be here. I never thought this would happen, but yeah, here they are. So it happens all the time. Um, master your sin before it masters you. Get over it, get away from it, and and be a, be a slave to God, not a slave to sin. So um, once again, um, Holy Ghost and Coffee uh, email. Um, I didn't get any emails last week, really, so if... So if y'all are wanting to email me, reach out to holyghostandcoffee at yahoo.com. Um, reach out to me, any prayer request, you want me to pray for you, whatever it is, um, holyghostandcoffee at yahoo.com. Um, I'll be gladly to pray I'll be glad to pray for you, pray for your family, your friends, just let me know if it's something that you